0: BLOB TALK RADIO You shed tears for Kumbi Nancy and here he is telling you you are staring down the barrel of 300 years of subjugation, racist bullshit, and heart disease He
1: is telling you there is one goddamn reason You shouldn't go up there right now
0: and slit
1: the throat
0: of every last one of these Dutch motherfuckers and set fire to this ship. Let the motherfucker burn. Let it all
2: This person asks, after many years of meditation and all the twists and turns of life, I'm now in the grip of intense fear and anxiety. It seems it was always there, only more intense now. Sitting with it, letting it be there seems to make it grow. Uh, Well, fear, anxiety, which is a form of fear, Uh, very common, some people have it, many have it in the background, continuously, and I would say there's some degree of fear, even if you're not conscious of it. If if you're totally identified with the egoic mind, you will have fear, if only in the background, and it may come out in other forms. It can come, express itself as anger, If you look at anger closely, you usually find hidden underneath the anger is a state of fear. So if there's fear, one important thing is to, of course, you need to direct your attention to it. You acknowledge that there's fear. The the important question that arises is, are there any thought processes connected with the fear? In other words, What are the thoughts that your mind is producing while you're feeling the fear? Is it possible that certain thoughts that you think frequently or habitually produce the fear? Is it possible you project yourself into the next moment, into the future moment, excessively trying to control something that you have no control over? What's going to happen to me? Or project, or creating an imagines imaginary scenario of of loss that you might yet you might suffer. It's not happening now, but it might happen. And many things that the, the thought activity, excessive thought activity, often creates scenarios of things going wrong that are not happening now, may never happen often probably will never happen. And even if they did happen, the actual situation would actually be easier to face than the imaginary situation in your mind because there's nothing you can do, there's no action you can take to to remedy an imaginary situation except to stop thinking it. But if an actual situation arises, you face it and you give it your attention and then you take the action that you need to take But an imaginary situation, you're totally at the mercy of it, so it only exists in your mind. So you need to see whether your mind is creating the fear by thinking fearful thoughts, by projecting itself into the future. And if if that is the case, then you can see, oh, so I'm creating those because my body cannot tell the difference between an actual event that's happening outside and what my mind is producing. So when when I'm thinking thought, my life situation is critical, if if this is the basically what your thoughts are telling you, then your body believes that this is the, the actual truth, that you are being threatened at this very moment. It, the body doesn't know the difference that the tiger isn't in the room the threatening presence is your thoughts. The body reacts in the same way, whether there's a threat, an actual threat in the room, or your thoughts can create the same. <sighs> even palpitations, you can, shortness of breath because you're thinking fearful thoughts. You go, <sighs> at night. I had that for years. It's an awful state. It's insane, it's a disease. but. <laughs> Nothing is happening, absolutely nothing. There's a quiet room, nothing. (sighs) It's all happening in the mind. So if that's the case, see, okay, then you need to tackle the thoughts because they will cause the fear. And how do you tackle thoughts? It's by by realizing the futility and the destructive nature of these thoughts and choosing (coughs) to step out. And what do you do to step out? First, you don't believe your mind that tells you, no, you can't step out, you have to continue thinking. No, you step out and take a conscious breath or put your, your attention into the inner energy field of the body, a conscious choice to remove attention from thinking. And you may have to be really alert to do it. If, if you are immersed in a mind stream, it could even be that it's so powerful that you just cannot get out. It has such gravitational pull; it pulls you. But at least you know that this is what's happening. So you, you, there's a state where you cannot help yourself yet, but at least there is the beginning of a beginning of a disidentification from it when you know that this is what is happening. So you, there's at least there's a part of you that knows this is not totally real. This is the fear is being produced by my mind or the. In the, that those early stages, you may not yet be able to step out of it, it may be so strong that you're still totally in the grip of it, but at least you know that you're in the grip of it. The worst thing is to be in the grip of it and not even knowing it, because you're so identified with it, it's, it is absolutely real to you. So t- even to know that this is happening is already a step forward. And then perhaps after a while the energy exhausts itself a little bit of this, and then you can begin to say, "Okay, you will step out of thought—that those fearful thoughts, because they are creating suffering—and you be- take a conscious breath, and another, and another, and then begin to feel the inner energy field of the body. Ah, oh. ah, oh. wow!" It's like a, this huge burden is suddenly d- dropped away, and then you look around this This is a form of awakening out of complete identification with thinking it is really is an awakening, and you can observe it in yourself and you go ah. So nice, it's like a nightmare you, you maybe everybody has experienced awakening from a nightmare and feeling such relief that you are in bed and it's safe you go and the same thing when you step out of fearful thought and become present ah. and then see thought will have will then try to pull your attention back in it can go. Mm-hmm. Come, come this way. And then you might, you might. One little thought comes. Do you follow it or don't you follow it? If you follow it, it's just this. Oh.
3: I've read all your books and I listen to your recordings on a pretty much on a daily basis. And uh, I don't say that to build up an ego that doesn't exist. (laughs) Uh, It leads into my question. What I find in trying to practice the power of now, trying to be conscious without thought, is a very heavy inner dialogue of all the principles and things that I've read, like how should i do this what would eckhart say and 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 actually my thought process starts getting more active and i think i'm losing the presence by that thought process and then i i think of the, the your latest book with the cartoons which i love which i think there's one with a little bird in the tree he's talking to the dog and he's very upset and the dog says what's wrong and the bird says well you know, I'm thinking about yesterday and, and this and that, and I'm worried about what's going to happen in a week, two weeks, about the future. What do I do? What do I do? And a dog just looks at him and says, stop thinking. So how do I, you know, it, it seems you try to stop thinking, but and, and you read all this and you try to practice it, but yet in any given situation, I find that in order to get closer to practicing it or even practice it, it's causing a lot of thoughts to happen. So, is that different kind of thoughts, or those thoughts that I should break that kind of habit, and if so, how?
2: Okay, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> now, the, there's a lot of talk these days about, not just talk, actually, it's happening, addictions. Many people are addicted to all kinds of things. Substances, Uh but one of the greatest addictions, or one of the greatest addiction, never actually, you never read about it in the papers, because the people who are addicted to it don't know it, it's the addiction to thinking. It's actually addictive. Can't stop thinking. It's like can't stop drinking, can't stop smoking, can't stop eating, can't stop thinking. Thinking is the greater addiction than any of these. And it's an addiction because it's first it's been a drug to has <laughs> been around for so long, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a pseudo sense of self. So it's a great reluctance on the part of most people to let go of thinking, because which is equated with the state of sleep. To let go of thinking. There isn't that much to understand in this teaching. There's a little bit to understand about how the ego works, but even that is just mainly a self-observation. The main thing about it is presence. Presence. And presence is a space of no thought, but presence can also be there in the background even when thinking is happening you can still be not completely involved in the thinking. Thinking loses the ability to create havoc in your life and confuse you. So your choice then is not to understand more or to bring some intellectual analysis to the practice but to practice the state of not thinking which can be arrived at by various ways as you probably know if you don't think about it just do it Uh, becoming more aware of the present moment and accept it as it is slows down the overactive mind is one thing because a lot of the overactivity of the mind is an attempt to get away from the isness simplicity of the present moment So, to become more aware of the present moment as a practice, have perhaps little pointers in your office, at home, in your car. Let's say, present moment or whatever, or a symbol for it. And there are different entry points into the present moment. Present moment awareness means thinking subsides, may not disappear completely, but... Something else arises that is primary. We call it presence or awareness. Buddhists call it mindfulness, which I don't use because it implies your mind is full of things, but it isn't, of course. It's just a mistranslation. So, uh, to, to be present, first of all, use the present moment to become but how do you become conscious of the present moment? Now when you get it after a while you can you can actually sense the presence of the present, so to speak directly, and there it is but helpful things are sense perceptions take you out of thinking if you are not judging the sense perceptions, labeling, naming looking around anywhere, wherever you are, look around. Practice sense perceptions without this compulsive interference of naming what what you're perceiving. Oh, that's a beautiful flower. I wonder what it's called. I don't know what it's called. Oh, well, that helps. I can be free of thinking. <laughs> if I know what it's called, I can say, oh, that's such and such, and then drop that. And See what it means to perceive without the interference of concepts, words. At this moment, for example, you're looking at me now. Let's say between now and now, were you thinking? No. Okay. And again, between now now, And now, were you thinking or present? No thought. And while I speak, do you need to think to understand what I'm saying or can you just listen and understand it? And this is what you're doing. And so that's part of the teaching and the function of the spiritual teacher Imparting information is secondary. What I'm telling you now is secondary. What is primary is the underlying state of consciousness, which is presence. That's the teaching. But you can't talk about that. It's underlying. But a sign that it's working is that while you listen, there's no thought. There's just an alert presence. And when the so-called teacher stops speaking for a moment, the alert presence remains. It does not need to be filled with anything. Shh, shh, like now, what is there to think about? Nothing. Now, if we do this for longer, if we, at some point, your mind will probably start up and think, well, "How much longer is he going to sit there?" And sit? <laughs> And when that happens you can allow your mind to say how much longer is he going to sit there and say nothing and then come back to presence. And then some other thought will come. What's this all about? And then you can allow that thought to arise and then be present again. Which means you're not really, your priority is no longer to follow the thought where it wants to take you because the thought has a magnetic pull, it wants more of your consciousness, but it wants to grow, because it's a little entity. It wants to grow, so it wants your attention. And in subtle ways, it tries to get your attention. It says, It might even use a bodily feeling. It says, gosh, I'm hungry suddenly. Why didn't I need to eat something? And then you think of a re- what restaurant am I going to afterwards? And so the presence is gone, you are gone, you are looking for a restaurant in your (laughs) mind. (laughs) Which means the thought used as some bodily thing to make thoughts out of it, completely pointless, because you can't find a restaurant because you're standing here. (laughs) But it can use all kinds of things to manufacture most, to get your attention, and if you're not careful, if you don't know the mechanism, it's not so much an intellectual understanding, but a simple realization that this is what the mind does. It tries to pull you in. It's fine, that's what it does. Once you know that, you can allow a thought to arise without following it where it wants you to go, which is into another bigger thought, and a bigger one. So then you become like, like my dog when it finds a scent and then suddenly, even the do- when the dog is off leash, usually she's fine, she just runs around you, but suddenly she picks up a scent, and then she goes off completely unaware of surroundings or anything, and she just follows it.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and she could get lost. She goes off to the horizon sometimes, <laughs> just disappears.
0: <laughs>
2: and that's, when you follow a thought goes like that you can wake up 20 minutes later and it started with being a little bit hungry and thinking of a restaurant and it ends up with thinking about how dreadful your life is.
1: <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to the Brown Bay Show. Um, can everybody hear me out there? Can somebody... Hit me or something to let me know that I'm being heard? I guess I can. I guess everybody can't hear me. Well, welcome to the Bon Bain Show. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Great Monday. Start of the week. Um, I'm going to talk about tonight Um, something that... Procrastination. That's why I played that clip. Because... The reason why I want to talk about it because I feel like it's like now that I'm on the radio, it's like my the, the things that I think, like right now, I'm walking around the house with a headphone on, really just talking to myself. So you guys on the other end, you can hear me, fortunately, but I can't see you. So it's really like I'm here by myself. So I feel like if I speak my thoughts out, it'll kind of help me conquer them a little bit better or overcome what I, you know by procrastination and I find myself procrastinating on simple things um and I don't I, I did a little reading on it and just listen to the guy right there talking he said it's because of fear I guess feel of fear of failing but I'm not talking about stuff like that I'm talking about the small things like just say um you go buy you some apple cider vinegar and some whatever else lemons or whatever honey <clears throat> Okay, you go out on a Saturday and you buy that stuff. And you don't even start using it till maybe a week later, if then. But it's sitting there. And your mind say, like, I bought this stuff to take. But you just don't never get up. You just don't do it. That is uh, a problem for me. Just simple stuff like that, not big stuff, because anything that I know I got to do pretty much, I know I got to do it, so I take care of that. But it's the simple stuff. And it's and sometimes I think about it like it's so simple. But I guess like what the man said right here in this in this in the, um the clip I just played, um, practicing the power of now. Because I guess if you practice the power of now, then you'll just jump from one thing to another. Okay, now I'm concentrating on this. As soon as that's done, you just jump right to the next thing that you're supposed to be concentrating on for the for the moment, but like you said too, your thoughts your thoughts your sometimes your mind get cluttered with thoughts. It's just like when I' be trying to uh, uh figure out what I'm gonna do my show about a million things pop in my head a million things, and i and it's still crazy because its it still seems like I really don't come up with nothing that I feel is. Uh, you know, something is going to touch the people. But I guess just speaking your mind and speaking the truth about yourself, everybody, somebody can't can somebody can relate to that? Maybe not everybody can, but I mean, I guess nobody can't. Everybody don't relate to everybody anyway. That's why we pick and choose the people we deal with. But the procrastination thing is is heavy on me, and I'm I'm just trying to, I'm I'm going to practice starting the night, to live in the now. And just the things that I say that I need to be done, I need to set a schedule and stick to that schedule and no procrastinate. Write things down that I need to do, check myself and all of that so I can make sure that I'm... And I guess practicing it, practicing it will move you forward where I guess you can work on your... Once you conquer one area of yourself, I guess there's always plenty of other things to work on. So I guess it's like a a lifetime endeavor of making yourself perfect. And I guess that's what life is. Well, not making yourself perfect because you're not going to ever get perfect, but just moving forward towards the place you want to be in your life and not worrying about where somebody else wants you to be. I guess as long as you are content with what you're doing, I always tell people as long as you're content with what you're doing, why are you worried about what somebody else is doing? You're never going to be able to please everybody. If I if I had a million dollars, and I can give away a million dollars. Somebody will Somebody be mad because I didn't give them X amount of dollars. When I just, I just reached out and gave everybody something. So I'm not gonna be making everybody happy, but I can't get caught up in that. I just gotta do what I do, and be content with it from my heart, and let it grow. <clears throat> but this life is crazy sometimes. But, um, and it's also, I guess it got a lot to do with your, your thinking. And, and and sometimes I wonder, I wonder to myself, like, what made me the special one to heed this information? Because I got a lot of people around me that really nobody's on the information. I mean, nobody really on it, on it like me, like, you know, and I wish it was somebody closer that I could be, you know, somebody you can network with, like, you know, somebody you can hang out with who still on the same thing you on. It'll, it'll boost your knowledge up that much more. But I guess I just got to keep on following my path, and I guess um, in the long run, God is sending that person to me if it's meant to be. <clears throat> but um, I got a little one of my friends um, over the weekend. He caught a little um, uh, charge, so. I mean, this is one of my good friends, too, so he knows all my stuff, all my stuff I've been through, and um, he want me to help him with his thing, but like I told him today, he, he ain't on no the information, so it's going to be hard. I mean, you know, it's going to be hard for him to win unless he's steady. He don't know nothing. <sighs> he green. <sighs> and I understand him not understanding the information. I could give him some paperwork, and it and the, the, the thing about it is, is it's so crazy that the paperwork be so simple that he won't he won't believe that it'll win, cause it's so simple, just straight to the point, simple. He won't even believe it, that it'll do what it do. It it got it has that much power because it's so simple and straight to the point and one page, two pages with the address or something on it, and that's it. <clears throat> but I don't know. Like I told him, I understand. I said, as long as as I've been on the information, sometimes I'd be be nervous myself sometimes. But at the end of the day, I might be nervous up front, but in my head, I already know what's going to happen because I know the procedure. I know what they can do and what they can't do to me as far as me giving them. The only way they could do something to me if I give them consent to do something to me. I know that for a fact, but most people don't they'll uh, uh, coerce them into taking a plea or doing something that they don't want to do. So <clears throat> that'll be the the uh, ringer in the basket. And I, like I told him, I said, bro, you ain't, you know. But I don't know. Because I, like I said, at the beginning, when I first started going through my thing three or four years ago, I used to be shaking in my boots in court. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> when I made up my mind, now at first when I started going to court And they were telling me whew, what I was facing And all this crazy stuff I Don't get me wrong I thought about I'll get a lawyer and give me a little plea And take this little time and come on home But once I The more I was on the information The more I studied The more I learned the rules The more I Just put myself into it I told myself this Once you start It ain't no going back I did what I did, and I'm here now, with the help of Akim, of course. A big up to him, and um, but it's just putting the, having the faith in myself also to be able to do it. And to be honest with you, like I told him today, really, to be honest with you, with my situation, I didn't never really have to get in court, go to court, and do a whole lot of talking. I did. I man, I got a. a, a an encyclopedia worth of paperwork filed downtown with those people. So, really, and to be honest, I never had to do too much talking in court. Like, um, they ask me no, a lot of questions when I go. They always call me to the tide and ask me, what you're going to do about this, and try to get me to take a plea or, you know, cop out to something. So, but I just stood my ground. I always told them, no, I'm, I'm going to, I want a trial. I want a jury trial. Like the Constitution So yeah, everything that I did was based on the Constitution, and it's like, like I said, I'm here now. But like I told him, I totally understand your your situation. It's your life, and he got some pretty serious charges. He ain't got no bullshit. He's real. So, and I understand that he feel like he got to do what he got to do. But like I told him, if you get a lawyer, you're gonna lose already. It ain't like this your first uh, rodeo. You know, you you know they trying to you know, so however you do it, you could take some time, or you could be free. But it's up to you. I can't say. I could lead you a little bit, but at the end of the day, you holding the reins when you're in front of those people. I can't go in there with you. I can't be standing on your shoulder and give you the answers. You got to study, 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 and study more and more and more and more. But like I said, I don't know. I mean, and even with that, uh, people will be afraid to. I this is what I said to myself at the beginning. I said, "Now, I, I I I done did some stuff. I mean, some stuff that I could have been dead. But but now I'm afraid to go." Um, these people talking about taking this much time out of my life. I'm gonna go. I'm afraid to go speak up for myself. But if I if it be a, a, a dude in the street, I kiss him out with everything I got to to just for um, a rebuttal, as we say. But I won't go in front of these people and rebut the stuff that they're doing to me out loud. I'd be afraid to speak. You know, I said to myself at the beginning. Once I start, I got to go all the way to the finish. I can't stop. I gotta make it I gotta do it. And like I said, with the help of our King, I'm here now. Standing testimony. Of the of the of the power of the the power of the teachings and getting remedy. Because I know plenty of other people who was there with me. They gone. They had lawyers. Five and six. They paid five and six grand. And it's just it's crazy and and it's crazy because really people see the 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 proof, but they still don't they don't want to jump aboard and and the thing with me is it's it's kind of crazy because this how I got my teachings how it started with me was from being locked up in prison. I studied more science Temple, but when I got out. But because in prison, none of this stuff that I'm learning now, I never would have learned because it's a limited. It's limited information. You only gonna get so much, and you know, because anybody with any real information ain't being locked up. You know what I'm saying? So you ain't gonna be able to get so much information. So at the end of the day, when I came home, my cousin from New Jersey, me and him, were real super cool, and he was on the information, but not. It seemed like he was on it, but when he came home. He put me on hindsight. And it's crazy because Akeem, he, he lived in North Carolina. So he was kind of like close to me. So I started listening to them. And it's just like, I mean, like I said, I was already on the more information. But this right here just just like took the blinders off. It's like took, took, took me to a whole new level about the law, about the health, about everything. I mean, and it's crazy, it's so much information sometimes, it's it's kinda overwhelming sometimes. Sometimes your head be hurting. And I'd I be wondering to myself, how how in the world how can he hold all this information? That he got everything that he got. <clears throat> but I know if he got it, it's possible for me to get it. It's just through studying and being diligent and just believing that you can. And um yeah, for sure. But it's so much, so much to learn. And it's like, there's so much old stuff to learn and twice as much new stuff. So it's like a, a everyday task. You can't never slack up. You got to keep on going every day. Because every day the information changes. It's just like from the time I started, all the stuff I did to now, hell, it seemed like I could have just did one thing then. One thing then, I mean... I, from now, one thing I could have did then to, to stop the encyclopedia of paperwork that I found, it could have stopped it in the tracks. Just one thing. this new information. So that's why I said it's all valuable. I guess it's all the learning. I could just imagine the stuff that I did, that I say we don't got to do no more. I can just imagine all the stuff Akeem did and he feel like he just got this paperwork. Uh, he said something uh, one time he said, uh, we just and when you start just filing paperwork, you call it a glorified filer or something He that, poster or something. But, uh, yeah, but I guess it all adds up. It all adds up at the end. Because that old stuff always puts you on something new. That's, a, that's what it is. You got to get the old in order to get the new. Because if you get the new, you ain't going to understand it. Without the old, you just get some new information out of nowhere. You want to know how it works? How it works? And it's so crazy that, like I can say, it. it's so it was so simple. We've been we've been fighting it, saying the right stuff, but not bringing it in the proper form, I guess. But it's sweet. It's beautiful. I love it. I love when the information talking out, new information, cause it's like, whew, wow. and the thing about it is, it be so simple. It don't be nothing. It's harder to learn to play basketball than some of the paperwork that our gave me. And I, after I, after he sent it to me, I look at, it, I be like, damn, I could have did this. All I really had to do is think. But sometimes we be busy, we don't got time. Cause in the beginning. That's how I was. I was just, I was in a jam and I needed some quick remedy and I did everything that I, that I king suggested for me to do to, you know, to maintain my freedom. And it was, it's like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like this, if, if I say I want to be free and if I'm not willing to even fight for myself, then how can I, I still never, if, even if I didn't go to prison, I still want to be free because I ain't willing to stand up for myself. <clears throat> this got a lot to do with you being who you are. I mean, you know, anybody could just lay down, but just, I, and I look back at myself and just say, and I pat myself on the back just for having the carriers to fight because a lot of people don't have the carriers to fight. They're just going to lay down. They're just going to let them people do it in any kind of way when they don't have to. I mean, it's... <sighs> You know, and, and sometimes it's so hard for me to understand why people don't look for something a, a different way. I guess we're so used to doing stuff old dead. they, it, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, inside the box, thinking inside the box, scared to jump out of the box, or whatever the case may be, I have no idea, but it's crazy. I think about it all the time, like, And I mean, I I, I can remember when I didn't know, but from then to now, I'm damn sure glad I do know that I was chosen, because I have to be chosen, because it ain't a lot of us out here, y'all. I mean, it is, but when you just like, just the people around you, it seems like, just like if you got 100 friends or people that you know you know, or associate with or whatever, that at least 20 or 30 of them will be on this stuff, on this information, just by watching you how you walk and move and, you know, the the things that you're getting accomplished. But I guess some people don't care. Everybody got their own thing, and you can't be mad at nobody because they don't want to do what you want to do. It's like I was talking to my cousin and my brother, and we, they, we were talking about the kids. And my cousin said, man, the, um, um, the kids, it's just like me. with my I got a food truck. I own a food truck. But my son, he's 23 years old. He don't want to be on the food truck. And at first, I really didn't. I was mad. I was like, well, it could be yours one day. But at the end of the day, I had to come to the understanding with myself that maybe that ain't what he want to do. He got his own path he want to follow. So I just got to let him follow that path. And still, if that path don't work out for him, I still got to be there for him. If he needs some help, I he, he can always come work on the food trip. So I just, I mean, and it take a lot to when people around you, and you, I mean, really stuff you're doing for, I mean, because men, for the most part, real men, the things they do, they do for the kids. The sacrifice they make, they make for their kids. So their kids don't have to do the same things that they did to get to where they want to be. But it's crazy that when after you do all the stuff you want to do and you feel like you're building something, but I guess it's your dream. It's not your kid's dream. Everybody dream different. Everybody dream different. So we got to understand that just because I want something, that don't mean my son going to want it. That don't mean my wife going to want it. But, I mean, not saying that they won't help out with it, but that's not their dream. They still want to chase their dreams. At the end of the day, we got to be supportive of them also through in end their endeavors. Even though, just like whatever they're doing, it might not be our dream. But still, the support is there. You know, to keep the love. <laughs> That's what you know, keeping the love up. Yeah, but you know, I don't know people. People, everybody, you know, got their own vision, and everybody gonna all come in today their self. At the time they're supposed to come into it, I guess, or or some people never, maybe never will. But I'm just fortunate to 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 be to obtain the knowledge and to be a part of this movement we in right here with High Sight Radio because it's always a good thing. It's like I always grew up in the church, and 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 well, I ain't even gonna say that. I ain't gonna. It, it really ain't about the church, but I know people who go to church. I asked my man the other day. I said, "If you go to church, you have you ever feel like you done been hanging out on Saturday night and got drunk, tore up, and you go to church and it feel like the preacher talking to you when he's saying well, whatever he's saying?" I said, "Well, I heard Reverend Knight say you don't need no preacher putting you down. He's supposed to be trying to lift you up." Lift you up out of the gutter. He, if you got drunk in your head, hitting, he throwing mud on you. He's going to put gas on the fire. But at the end of the day, deal about you. You just got to believe in yourself. And, and I mean, when things get tough, and it always is, especially when you make a decision to do something positive for yourself, it's always going to be something to try to make you divert from that. But you got to keep your, keep your, stand your ground and, you know, fight for what you want. And when I say fight, I mean through, through your thinking. Like you swinging your fist, physical fighting, no, mental. In order to achieve the goals you want. And like I said, and really, like I said, I'm talking to myself. Because all the stuff I'm saying, I need to, I'm in the mirror right now looking at myself, talking to myself. Um. Well That's about it for me um, Tune in tomorrow night For the Truth Tuesday show Where I came um, I think death is on Wednesday And Thursday is Tasia and Octavia Jessica and Tasia I'm sorry and then Friday, Akeem Jr., Monday, Solomon show in the morning. Man, we got a lot of shows going on. i would be glad when seminar time, when we start to be able to do some seminars again so we all could be together. And, it, you know, just the feeling, just the, 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 mm. I don't know. It's something about that. Just because when I was on the phone with everybody, I it, I, I felt a certain kind of way. So, I could just imagine in person just the energy, just the energy um yeah, wonderful, it's gonna be a wonderful thing, but, like I said, um, I'm gonna wrap up my show unless anybody got any questions or anything like that. Um, I'm gonna play this little Reverend Ike on the end.
3: said a lot about the role of the media in a so-called democracy. Uh, I'm wondering how you see uh, the role of our
4: educational system, what it's doing right now, what forces are driving it, and what constraints are on it, and how should it operate? Mm
0: -hmm.
4: Well, uh, I quoted the uh, Trilateral Commission view of the educational system, uh, namely, it's a system of indoctrination of the young. And I think that's correct. It's a system of indoctrination of the young. That was the way the liberal elites regard it, and they're more or less accurate. Uh, so the educational system is supposed to train people to be uh, obedient, conformist, uh, not think too much, uh, do what you're told, stay passive, don't cause any crises of democracy, don't raise any questions, and so on. That's basically what the, what the uh, system is about. Uh, even the fact that the system has a lot of stupidity in it, I think, has a function. You know, it means that people are filtered out for obedience. If you can guarantee lots of stupidity in the educational system, you know, like stupid assignments and things like that, you know that the only people who will make it through are people like me and like most of you, I guess, who are willing to do it no matter how stupid it is because we want to go to the next step, you know. So you may know that this assignment is idiotic and the guy up there couldn't think his way out of a paper bag, but you'll do it anyway uh, because that's the way you get to the next class. Uh, and you want to make it and so on and so forth well there are people who don't do that you know. uh, there are people who say I'm not going to do it it's too ridiculous you know. uh, those people are called behavioral problems or uh, something like that they end up in the principal's office or in the streets or selling drugs or whatever and all of this is a technique for uh, selection for obedience and I, have, I don't know how to prove this but I have a feeling that when you go to the elite universities you find more obedience and conformity Probably because you're getting the students who were better able to do it. You know. uh, well, all of that is functional. That's the way it works. But it, and it works right through graduate school. I mean, if you, by the time you get to graduate school, it's already a little more varied because some real contradictions develop in the system. The problem is that you can't have progress this way. You know, now, especially in the sciences and engineering, that's a problem because the corporations need science and engineering. You know, if you don't have innovation, you're really in trouble. So they have to encourage creativity and independence, because you can't get anywhere if you just copy what somebody told you. You have to be challenging things all the time, challenging everything, you know, uh, and thinking new thoughts and so on. And there you've got a real contradiction. Uh, it's hard to train people to be creative and challenging and so on, and yet to ensure that somewhere else in their lives they're conformist and obedient and never think, so you have problems. That's a serious problem in Japan, incidentally. Uh, we think of Japan as this tremendous superpower, but that's very misleading. Uh, Japan, for example, is very poor in science, for example, and they're aware of it. And part of the reason is it's, such, it's, part of the, it's part of the same thing that makes them good workers, obedient workers. It's a very obedient society, very deferential and conformist society. And one effect of that is that you, you know there are real constraints against independent, free thinking. And you see it in the sciences very clearly. Uh, uh, But it's a problem here, too. So there are those contradictions. And when you get to graduate school, they're beginning to show up. They show up much less in the ideological subjects because there it doesn't matter so much if people have, you know, there isn't, profits aren't made by historians having original ideas about the French Revolution so they can have conventional ideas. And that means that the, the pressure to try to support innovation and freedom is much less, and the, the pressures for conformity, on the other hand, are much greater, because in the ideological subjects it begins to be dangerous if people think the wrong thoughts. It's not so dangerous if they have new ideas about physics. Uh, so, so you get, but nevertheless, you, know, there's, you begin to get a little flux in the system by the time you get to graduate school. And even at lower levels you find it. I mean, there's, you know, there are teachers who do stimulate thought, and sometimes they get away with it. And uh, all the way through, uh, you know, if, you, if people are learning things, you just, you just can't control, you can't make them just regurgitate what they heard. Now, there's a lot of pressure to turn the schools into the Marine Corps, uh, and there's a lot of support for it. Uh, for example, there's this bestseller last couple of years by Alan Bloom. Uh, it was all over the supermarkets, Closing of the American Mind, uh, which, you know, huge bestseller, Supermarket Racks, which is where I read it, and things like that. Uh, well, you take a look at what he's saying, uh, and, and there was plenty, of, you know, a lot of enthusiastic uh, accolades for it and so on. Uh, he was saying that a couple of us smart guys will decide what the great thoughts are, uh, and every student will memorize them, and that's education. Okay, well, you know, I mean, that's a way to turn people into pure automata. I mean, even if they happen to pick the great thoughts, uh, there is no way less likely to get anybody to think about those thoughts than to make that the curriculum. That finishes them off, you know. Uh, uh, But, uh, and I think that's the purpose, really. I mean, the purpose is just to impose authority, you know. Here's the great thoughts, all this other stuff is rubbish, just learn those and you're okay. I'll pick them, you memorize them. That's basically the line. Uh, now, of course, that's, that's the opposite of education. I mean That's the way you study Talmud or something like that. Uh, but uh, it's very popular, and I think it reflects the same concern over the crisis of democracy. In fact, Alan Bloom himself was extremely... The incident that really got to him was a case in Cornell where he was a professor where some black students took over one of the, administ- one of the buildings and he, was, he said that's just like the Nazis. you know, it's back to the Nazis. He has a whole business about the Nazis and so on and so forth. Well, you take a look at what happened in that. He doesn't tell you what he thought. The And he said the faculty capitulated, you know, just like Heidegger capitulated to the Nazis and so on. Uh, what actually happened, if you look back, is that there were real grievances. Undoubtedly, the students shouldn't have done what they did and go into the building with guns and so on. But it was settled very amicably. It was settled amicably. Nobody was killed. Uh, the grievances were to some extent dealt with, and the net result was better than it was before. Well he didn't tell you what he thought they should have done, but it's sort of implicit. I mean, uh, I guess they should have bombed the place or something like that. Uh, but uh, that's what really set him off. And in general, what set many people off was the, the you know, the, the 60s are now described in the literature as if it was a time when students were running around burning libraries and You know, destroying the foundations of civilization and so on. What was actually going on is they were asking questions. You know, they were raising questions. They were uh, looking into things that people hadn't looked into before. They were not just obedient. And from the point of view of uh, a lot of the faculty, that's equivalent to burning the buildings. You know, you can't make that small distinction. You can't make that. Uh, And uh, there's pressure to turn the schools back to the days when you didn't have to worry about those things, like disobedient students asking questions about things that you didn't tell them to think about and so on.
1: Well, it's here. Here, you was born with it. Well, I need somebody to tell me I am somebody. Because I don't know I am. You got here the same way I got here. I got here the same way he got here. We got here the same way Queen Elizabeth got here. Hmm? A penis goes into a vagina and it ejaculates. Hmm? 500 million sperms. Hmm? And the one responsible for you and me and him and Queen Elizabeth outran a half a billion sperms and got there first. Hmm? Didn't know one sperm come out and slowly strolled up the fallocchio tubes? If you said, man, we're going to dinner tonight. It's a half a billion restaurants here. I'm going to take you to the best one. I know I'm in for a good meal. Now, let's go back. When the ejaculation starts, the sperms now come out the testicles, come through the prostate. And that's where they get their electrical charge. Before then, they just lay in dormant. And then it comes down. And so, course, I live in a system where white boy took my manhood. Huh? So oh, that's why when I'm having sex with my woman, I wanted to yell and holler, and I'm trying to get my manhood back. That wasn't meant for that. Get it, daddy? Black man is the only man, American black, the only black man on the planet talking about good pussy. What the fuck is good pussy, nigga? What's good pussy? Mildred got some good pussy. Well. She's into her fifth husband. Four of them didn't think it was that good. What do you know about Mildred that they don't know? And so, consequently, when you look at the human body, when I was a little boy, 85 this year, I was a little boy, I used to hear old men, you know, call their testicles too below. Too below. So somebody come out and ask most folks what the truth. You try to figure it out, you don't know. The sperms live at a temperature two below your body's temperature. Mm. Hmm? Simple, but not simple when ignorant folks are trying to figure it out. And so, in the summertime, the testicles swing down. That's why the Arabs wear the baggy pants. huh? In the wintertime, they swing up. If you go home today and get in the bathtub and tell somebody to turn the hot water on, you see your testicles hang down. You say turn the cold water on, you see them pull up. So when the Germans came out with the jockey show, us said to sterilize you. Okay? If you look at a, a, a baseball game, you look at a baseball game, you see the player and they'll go down and, and touch their testicles. They feel something, they don't know what it is. They got a jock strap on, and that's a violation. The universe fixed it so those sperms will live at a body temperature degrees below the bottom. So in the old days, when they made trucks, the reason truck drivers couldn't have children, because they put the engine under the seat. Mm. Hmm? Kills the sparks. So then you start saying, wait, something's not right. In America, black men is Four percent. Eighty two percent of prostate cancer death in America is black men. Mm. Hmm? Hey, wait, 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 wait a minute. I live in a country of almost a half a billion people? And I'm four percent? But eighty two percent of cancer prostate cancer death? Nobody thinks about that. Hmm? Nobody thinks about that. Why? Because I'm having sex to have fun and get a manhood back. The universe gave me that to produce another god. Hmm? We're the only man on the planet, a black American man. that call our black woman strong. You're strong, sister. But call your car beautiful.
0: Hmm?
1: And I don't think there's no accident. Cop will shoot your mommy, your dad, your baby in the head forty times, but won't shoot your car. Hmm? Cause it feels something that comes over you that so would not let that happen. Well, I'll see y'all next week. That was a dope clip right there, too. I love it. Everybody enjoy. Enjoy your night. Enjoy your week. Uh, don't forget to turn in tomorrow. It's Truth Tuesday for our uh, host, our and L. Everybody have a good night.